0: Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy
1: For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's days like this that make
0: Sunday, getting ready for Sunday so special. It's a day that we, as we were planning worship and looking forward to this day, we knew that today is the first Sunday in November. And that means a couple of things. That means that we here at Orange celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion on the first Sundays of the month, that reminder of the way that God makes us one, one with each other and one with God But not only is it the first Sunday of November, it is the first Sunday of November, which means the first Sunday in November, according to the Christian calendar, is a Sunday that we recognize as All Saints Sunday, a day that we remember all of those who have finished their course in life and gone on and have joined in and the great cloud of witnesses that surround us and cheer us on as we go through this great race in life. And so As we were planning for that worship, knowing that today would be a day of Holy Communion, knowing that today would be a day that we remember those saints that are still among us in many different ways. We also were so excited to be able to welcome you in by celebrating the sacrament of baptism. And so, what a special day to be a part of the body of Christ. And as we continue in our Ships of Faith series today, it's just such a beautiful time be able to see all of these things come together, all these ways that we live out our worship, the ways that we live out what it means to be that body of Christ. And so today's the day that we have been looking forward to for some time. Let's go to God in prayer once again. Lord God Almighty, we thank you for we know that you have prepared this place for us today. You were here before we got here. You were here as your spirit dwells just as your Spirit was within us, calling us to be assembled, to be gathered together today. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the ways that we heard that call. We thank you for the ways that your Spirit nudged us, pulled us to be a part, whether we're here in person or for those that are joining us online. There's something that we felt that pull to be one today. And as we've shared in that oneness of baptism, being the body of Christ, welcoming, initiating you into this body of Christ. Today, continue to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us in these moments. Lord, as we've come with expectant hearts, expecting an encounter with you, do even the unexpected. Speak to us in a way that we had not anticipated. Shape us, form us. Help us to become that which you have called us to be. And now, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit might truly move. Transform the words that proceed from my mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today, as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus, and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people, said, Amen. Yesterday, my family had an opportunity to get together with my dad. My dad lives in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and one of the things that we've done the past few years is we tried to get together sometime in November and begin to do some of the Christmas baking that my mother used to do. And it's amazing how, as it takes an army of us to do some of the baking that my mom used to do all by herself. We just find ourselves in amazement that mom did this all by herself, all alone, and yet it takes me, my sister, my wife, my children, it takes my dad, it takes an army of people to come together to do that which my mom had done. And as we were sharing in that time, my dad, who worships with us every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock online, uh, dad asked me, he said, oh, so you're continuing the, the ships of faith tomorrow. Let me guess. Worship. And I said... Worship, oh, we did uh, discipleship, uh, uh, we did fellowship, uh, we're doing membership today and next week is stewardship. We didn't do worship, Dad. <laughs> That's the most obvious ship that we as people could do. And, and somehow Brad let that one slip through the cracks. Thanks, Brad. You know, yeah, I got to find somebody to blame. <laughs> worship. How did we forget worship? And and I think part of it is, and I'm going to try to reason through this. The reason we didn't include worship is because w- worship's in everything that we do, right? right? Let, let's go with that. Worship is in everything that we do. So it, we worship in our discipleship because he, we worship in our fellowship. And here's why. Because the word worship when we look at the etymology, the history of the word, and that's one of the things that I find fascinating. I love to find how words that we use uh, mean what they mean and why we say them and, and have given sometimes a different meaning to them than what they were originally used as. And so I love to look up the etymology of words. And so when you look up the etymology of the word worship, you understand that the word worship originally means to ascribe value to something. The word worshiping originally meant to ascribe value, to determine what, is, what value something has. And so truly, we demonstrate how we value God in everything we do. We demonstrate how much we value God through our discipleship. We demonstrate how much we value God, the value that we place on God through the way that we fellowship with one another. And you know, one way that I think about what worship means is if you had found out that your home, you were going to lose your home for some natural disaster or or a fire or something, and you could run into that house and only save one thing. You could only grab one thing. You only had a few seconds. You could run in and grab one thing. I doubt all of us would go in and grab the thing that costs the most money. I doubt you would go in and grab the thing that you spent the most money to acquire. I bet the things that have gained the most value in your home are probably those things that mean something to you. Maybe it's something that's handed down from a mother or a grandmother or someone else. Maybe what you would run in and grab would be pictures, wedding pictures, baby pictures. Those are the kind of things that we ascribe value to. And I wouldn't say that we worship those things, but we're, we're placing value on those things. We recognize that not everything is of financial cost. Sometimes things have much more meaning to us. Worshiping God means we look upon God is that one thing above all other things. That one thing that we ascribe so much value to. There's, there's, it's irreplaceable, that relationship with God. And there's nothing that we're going to do to lose that. We're going to work towards that. That's what worship means. That's what it means when we, we say that we're going to practice our worship through discipleship means that I am going to get together with somebody else who are going to help shape and form me and mold me so that I can be a little bit more into the image of the disciple Jesus has called me to be. And when we're actively making that choice to do that, that's worship. We are worshiping God when we choose. We're showing the value that we have placed on God, how much God is worth. When we fellowship with one another, as Pastor Brad talked about, we're living into the way that we are created. We're created to be in this relationship with one another, and so we enjoy the company of one another. I I loved Brad's last line, and if, if you missed last Sunday, we have a podcast, you may not be aware of this, but we have a podcast, you can find it on iTunes, you can spot, find it on What are the other things? Google Play. uh, You can find it on Spotify. If you don't know what a podcast is, go see Josh or Ryan. They'll explain it to you. Uh, But you can go back and you can listen to the sermon. And if you missed last Sunday, there was one line in it. Brad asked us to think about how many sermons in our lives we remember. That one hurt, Brad. (laughs) But it was so true because I found myself amening along with you. We don't remember the sermons. We remember the moments, but I'll remember that sermon. We remember the moments we share with one another. We remember those kind of moments. Somebody comes alongside us in a time of need. We remember the laughter shared amongst a group of guys over a campfire. We remember the joy and the fellowship shared as youth. We remember those times. So the fellowship, you know what? We show God how much he's worth through the way that we encounter and fellowship with one another. And One of my favorite lines, Brad, you had such a quotable sermon last week. So I'm going to borrow that script and uh, use it a few years later when they may have forgotten it. But you had a line that you said at the very end of it that we, and I paraphrase. I may get it wrong, but you can correct me later. We are all children of God, and children need to play. Pretty close? All right. That was such a great line. We are children of God, and we need to play. We show how much we value God, how much God is worth to us when we play with one another when we share in that time together. Today, we're talking about membership, membership in the body of Christ. Well, we're going to look at it in a little different way I think um, several years ago I had an opportunity to be a part of uh, a worship event that was taking place I was called in the week of that event uh, at the the person that was supposed to be leading worship at that event uh, we found out that he wasn't going to be able to be there for the Friday night and so they called on me to come and to help to be a part of leading this worship event and and I was nervous, I was excited, but there was only going to be about 4,000 people there and I was going to be standing on stage and, and you know, I, I don't think i had ever been in front of that many people before. And, but I was up to the challenge, I was up to the opportunity to lead this group of 4,000 people that year in worship and, and I was so nervous and excited. The good news was I didn't find out I was going to be doing it on Friday night until Tuesday, so I didn't have enough time to worry about it. I just had time to get ready and get prepared. And so I prepared the set list. I prepared all the songs. I was going to be accompanied by a band of youth that had never heard these songs before a lot of times. And so I was going to have to get music that they were going to be able to learn and follow along and help to sing. And then on Wednesday, I found out not only was I going to do it Friday night, I was also going to have to do it Saturday morning. And then by Wednesday afternoon, I found out, well, you're also going to need to do it Saturday night. And then I also found out Sunday morning. I mean, it was one of these quick things of all of a sudden going from, well, we're going to just go and show up, and I'll be there with our youth, and we'll get to worship all weekend to finding out, huh? And so I was very anxious. I I don't think I slept much that week, but I prepared a set list, and I was ready. I practiced with the band when we got there the Friday afternoon, and the first song that comes up, I was so excited. It was a new song. I was going to teach everybody there in the auditorium. We were going to be able to lift up our praise to God, and it was going to be really heavy, guitar-driven, and I started with the first strum. And I broke a string. Now, one thing you may not understand about a guitar is a guitar is a very delicate instrument. A guitar is made to be able to withstand the tension of six strings along this neck. And those six strings are very tight and this, so that means that there has to be a certain amount of strength in the neck of a guitar so that if, if it's not strong enough, the neck will start to bend. And if it starts to bend, then you're not going to have a guitar that's in tune. So a guitar is made to be able to withstand the instrument, whatever it is, whether it's a guitar, a 12-string guitar, the tension in the neck has to be strong enough to be able to handle the number of strings that it is designed for. And so this being a six-string guitar... When I went from this and I lost a string, no longer did I have six strings. I had how many? Five. You're paying attention this morning. That's awesome. You got that extra hour of sleep and you were on point. So suddenly my guitar that had tension for six strings had only five. And do you know what happened? The guitar became unplayable in that moment. It was out of tune because the tension changed. It was designed for, to be for six strings. And suddenly, when it only had five strings, the tension had changed. And the guitar was completely out of tune. And without that one string, you know what I had to do? I had to stop the song completely. What a way to get started with worship, right? All right, here we go. And I'm going to call up at this time someone to make the announcements. And somebody, the person that I actually called up was a friend of yours. Reverend Ken Hall, Big Rev, as I used to call him, he was the chairperson of the conference youth committee, and he—I was able to call Big Rev up onto the stage to make announcements while I scrambled to repair and to get my guitar back in tune. See, that's to me one of the things that it means to be a member, a part, of the body of Christ. That it. We are designed in such a unique way, in such a special way by God. He has created us in such a unique way that we bring value to being a part of the body of Christ. We bring value by the way that we live out what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And it isn't that we get to choose whether we're going to be string or the A string or the D string. It's that God has created you in such special and unique way. And he has aligned you within the body of Christ. Just like the strings on a guitar. And when we come together, the glory of God is revealed through the way that we live out how we've been created. Whether we've been created to be an ear, an eye, a nose, a mouth, a hand, a knee, a foot. However, God has created you. God has called us. He's created you in such a unique way. And the body of Christ is not the same. It's not in tune. If all the parts of the body aren't together. We're not operating in the right way. And Paul talks about that when he begins to say how we, though we are many, we are one. Though we are many different parts. We are part of one body. And we can't all be. Uh, he says how we can't all be, just be eyes. What good would the body be if all you could do is see? What good would the body be if all we could do is smell? What good would the body be if all we could do is hear? We need all the parts. And that's what it means. We find the way that we are called, have been designed. How God has called us to live that out within the body of Christ. That's what it means to be And membership means to commit to living a life that so that the glory of God could be revealed through the body as He's designed it, as He's created it, and you as a unique individual part of it that makes it whole. You are the members. And God has called us all to be a part of the body. Now, it's probably one thing that you're probably sitting there thinking is, well, that's easy for you to say. You have to say that. You're the shepherd of the church. You're the one that helps organize us and put us together. So, of course, you want everybody to step in and to fulfill their role so that the glory of God could be revealed through the entirety of the church. But it goes beyond just what it does for the church. Because the thing is, when you begin to live into how God has created you so uniquely to be, the thing is, you begin to experience You begin to experience the participation in the glory of God being revealed to the world. It's not just what God is doing through the church. It's what God starts to do through you. And without living into the way that God has created you, you're missing out on a blessing. You're missing out on how God is continuing to transform the world. God has created you in such a unique way. He's called us to live into that uniqueness several years ago we had a Sunday that uh, it was a busy busy Sunday in my family's life and in the church life and so we had had Sunday morning and I remember in that Sunday morning I preached a sermon and in that sermon I told a story an illustration about how my dad and I used to make prank calls to one another that was before caller ID showed up on everything you know what I mean I mean, I'd be off at college, and I'd answer the phone, and my dad would say, Yes, this is Luigi's Pizza. We're on the way with your order. And and I'd say, I didn't order a pizza. I'd finally figure out it was my dad. We'd make these calls back and forth. And so I had given a sermon illustration. I can't remember. I think it was about sheep know the the shepherd's voice and so how we would disguise our voices when we would try to call one another and so I was giving this image about how one time my dad answered the phone and somebody on the other end of the line said who dis? and dad thought it was me so dad responded I don't know who dis? and they went back and forth several seconds responding in this, this same way and then the person ultimately hung up, and so dad thought that was kind of rude of his son, and so dad called me, and he asked, why'd you hang up? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. He thought he heard my voice. He didn't know my voice. So long story short, that was my illustration of that sermon that day. So that night, I get a text message from my son, and I'm at the church. Dad, call us. It's an emergency, and I'm like, Ha, ha, ha. My teenage son was listening to the sermon today. He's playing a prank on his old man. And he was saying, Dad, call us. It's an emergency. I'm like, no, I'm, not, I'm too busy right now, so I didn't. He sent another message. He called, and I could hear it in his voice that he was just playing a joke. I knew he was just joking. And so I didn't even call back home after listening to the voicemail. I, no big deal. I'll be home in a little bit, and I'll to say, ha, ha, you didn't fool me. And so I pulled into my driveway when I got home just a little while later. And as I put up the garage door, I saw water, water coming out of the garage. And I thought, what in the world in the name of Noah is going on? And so I parked, I go into the house and it's raining inside of my house. Water is coming from above. And I go into the house, and my wife is there frantically trying to stop the water and and trying to mop up water, and my children, my teenager boys are scrambling, going about with towels and sheets, and they're like, and I go in and said, what in the world is going on? As if they had anything to do with it. What had happened, short story, long story short, which I could have done that five minutes ago, uh, long story short, a supply valve to a toilet upstairs popped out of the wall, and so for few minutes or so water was gushing out from upstairs and water finds a way to go down and so water was coming all through the ceiling and so we that night ended up getting the water stopped but there was a tremendous amount of water damage in the house and we used every sheet and towel that we had in the house to try to get up water if you've ever had something like this, you grab anything you can that will absorb water. And so almost every sheet and towel had been taken from our, had been used in our house. Somebody in the church found out about this calamity that we had experienced. One lady came to the church and said, "I need you to bring me all of your laundry." I said, "I'm not going to bring my laundry." Don't worry about that. We're okay. She said, no, I need you to bring me all of those sheets, all of those towels, everything that you use to try to dry up that water. Bring it to me. I'm going to wash it for you. I said, no, don't worry about that. She said, you better bring it to me. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And so I was supposed to bring it to the church the following day. Well, I'm a humble person. I'm a prideful person, though. And I didn't want somebody else having to do my laundry. I can do it myself. And so I didn't do what she had told me to do. And so I showed up at the church, and she pulls up, and she comes into my office, and she says, where's my laundry? I said, oh, you don't have to do that. I, I'm good. I can take care of this myself. She said, where's my laundry? I I said, don't worry, I I promise, we're going to go to a laundromat, we'll be able to throw it all in, it'll get taken care of just like that. She looked at me and she pointed and she said, don't rob me of my blessing. Don't rob me of my blessing. And I looked at that and I said, yes, ma'am. And I got in my car, I drove home, got my laundry, came back. She has this, God created her with this unique heart for service, That's the way that she honored God. That's the way that she worshiped God. That's the way that she showed God how much it was worth through serving others within the body of Christ. God created her in this such a unique way that she loved to do laundry for other people. And so she took all of those sheets, all of those towels, and she and her mother washed and folded every one of those. Because that's how God created her to be. Don't rob me of my blessing. Is something that I will never forget. Folks, we don't live out being the hand that God has called you to be. We don't live out being the, the nose or the mouth or the eye that God has called you to be within the body of Christ. You are robbing yourself of a blessing. God has created you in such a unique way. And one of the ways that we can show God how much He's worth, one of the ways that we worship God, is by living into how He's created us. Don't rob yourself of a blessing. Live into how He has created you. This is what it means for us to be a part of the body of Christ. This is one of the ways that we live out being one with each other. And today... As we recognize today as All Saints Sunday, we recognize those who have, as a string was broken, those who are no longer with us, those parts of the body of Christ that have joined into this great cloud of witnesses. And you know, when we lose those that we love, when we lose those parts of the body of Christ, there is a significant loss. We feel that loss. And so it's such a special time for we to be able to acknowledge the reality of that loss. At least once a year that we celebrate All Saints Sunday. A time to remember those parts of the body that have gone on to glory. But one of the ways that we can honor those lives that have gone on, one of the ways that we can honor our God and show how much He's worth, is by stepping in to living into the body the way that God has created you to be. Today, we remember and give thanks for those that have finished their course in life, those that were a part of the body that have now joined the eternal body. And so today, as we pray this prayer, I'll lift up the names of those members of Orange who have died since last year, but I also want to give an opportunity for you to lift up the name of someone that's a part of the body, that's a part of your life, that you give thanks and want to celebrate that, that life that has been made complete in Christ. And so as we pray, there will be an opportunity for you to just call out that name. You can call it out. You can whisper it. You can lift it up out loud. But however you do it, it's not for our ears. It's for us surrendering it fully in giving thanks to God. And so with that, let us pray. Eternal God, we praise you for the great company of all those who have finished their course in faith and now rest from their labor. We praise you for those dear to us whom we name in our hearts before you now, but especially, Lord, we praise you for Wilton Andrews, Bud Hampton, Lloyd and Trudy Stein. Lord, there are other names that we lift up to you today, so hear these names that we give thanks for. Lord, we thank you for all of those whom you have graciously received in your presence. To all of these here, grant your peace. Let perpetual light shine upon us so and help us so to believe where we have not yet seen. That your presence may lead us through our years and bring us at last with them into the joy of your home. A home not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. We pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.